Welcome to the planevents.ca podcast. This is your host, Kamran. This is episode 11 of our podcast. And today we have our guest, Amnit, the creative director from South Asian Fashion Week, who is based in Vancouver, BC. Amnit, can you give us a quick intro about what South Asian, I'm sorry, South Asian Fashion Week is? Um, what's the story behind it? How did you get involved and what you, what you do? Uh, for this entity yes um thank you for having me on the podcast um and just to like dive into what south asian fashion week is all about um it's a platform where everyone's really that's a part of it is very committed to creating a space for designers to showcase like south asian fashion and accessories um it's a space where we represent the intersections of um of East meets West to discover and inspire through fine balance of traditional and contemporary craftsmanship and women's wear, men's wear and accessories. So all the glam and goods of, you know, everything that you see in the Asian communities. Um, it's not just a particular part of India. It's every part of Asia that we bring to forefront on to the fashion week and the runway. Um, and I think the biggest thing about, about a South, South Asian fashion week that's never really talked about it, it's a platform where one can grow out of, you know, um, it's to showcase what you want to do and what you can create and how you got into the industry as a designer, artist, um, you know, stylist, creator, uh, videographer, photographer, you name it. Um, so it's like a hub for creators that are indulged in fashion. And for someone like me, I actually debuted my line at South Asian Fashion Week last year. Um, I was asked to be a marketer and I was a marketer for the team last year and this year. Um, and with that being said, I kind of wanted to like step up my inner like abilities to create more. I've always had this sense of um, urgency to be in the fashion industry and I kind of took it on myself and wanted to showcase my style on the runway so I was given the essence show to create that um, but with that I kind of notched it up by creating my own line which was um, a way of me debuting myself as a designer stylist creative director on the South Asian Fashion Week platform so the South Asian Fashion Week platform itself is um, a place for anyone and everyone to be a part of and um, with that being said that's like a nice way of kind of rounding up what that platform is all about awesome that makes sense so does that mean so you actually also have your own fashion line yes right? I do okay awesome that's really neat I did not know that until you mentioned it today uh, one of the things you had mentioned prior to getting prior to us hitting the record button for this podcast was there it, there's a clear distinction on what South Asian Fashion Week is and isn't. And from what I understand, South Asian Fashion Week is not, uh, does not speak to necessarily bridal fashion. Now, even yeah. though, the, so yes, yeah, so like the, even though like this podcast is targeted towards essentially, I'll, I will say brides and grooms, but I'll say mostly brides because that's mostly who our listeners are. I think there's still some overlap um, even from a general fashion sense when it comes to bridal fashion. And I wanted to get your thoughts on that. Um, you're right. I, I truly believe there is. I feel like there's overlap in fashion in um, most aspects when it comes to industries and like thought process because fashion is a creative outlet. You can take something that's temporary into your bridal week, you know, um, 
into your, you know, wedding planning and whatnot, whatever your events are. Um, we don't have many bridal designers or any bridal designers that actually come on board. And the ones that do come on board, they showcase their um, everyday wear type of um, outfits. So these outfits, when I, what I mean by everyday, quote unquote, is something that you would wear to, you know, your Mindy night or your um, ladies party um, Sangeet, whatever it is, um, it's not so much like this is what you would wear on your wedding or your reception. But um, the one cool thing about this entire process is the merging um, ideas where a lot of brides come and, you know, sit in their seats and they kind of get inspired by having new outlets of like what their bridal look can be. It doesn't need to be so extravagant. It could be something simple it, or it can be vice versa. Um, so as much as we defer ourselves away from bridal looks, we do showcase um, inspiration and aspiration of what you could possibly look like um, on your, like just for your bridal week, you know? Sure. Um, but yeah, that's, I think that's like an, a, a way of kind of explaining how South Asian fashion we kind of merges in. Um, we don't discriminate the bridal looks. We try looking outside and yeah, outside the box of what you would see um, a, a regular bride wearing um, just to kind of open up new looks and new outlets for the bride that might be sitting there and, you know, be confused about what she could potentially wear. So, yeah. Nice. What, so what, one of the um, other things I wanted to also touch on is um, getting inspiration. You know, right now, a lot of people... Well, I don't know of any bridal shop or clothing shop that's open right now. It's April 25th for anybody, 2020, for anyone that's listening to this. And that means that brides will need to find other ways to kind of get creative and get inspiration for um, what they want their bridal look to look like. And I think that you mentioned the South Asian Fashion Week tries to channel in creativity from not just like, like you mentioned, like all of Asia, I assume that means not just India, but places in Asia outside of India. Uh, and it sounds like South Asian fashion has their own, I guess, way approach towards channeling this creativity to get ideas. Like, what does that look like? Because I'm wondering if that might be helpful for brides who are still figuring out what to wear uh, for their uh, wedding week. Um, I feel like the one thing that... Um this platform does really really well is to bring all Asians together not a particular um, Asian group just to come through so I mean I'm completely um, invested and inspired by Tokyo's fashion right now um, and you'll see that on the runway and for people that do come through they're seeing different ends of um you know destinations that are in asia um through makeup hair the way it's styled the way the clothes are made manufactured um prints fabric silhouettes you know all that kind of stuff matters um and that's something that's really cool that's been happening um since everything has been in a lockdown unfortunately is um a lot of the designers and stylists are kind of coming into uh, a form of kind of selling through social media so that's virtually right and um, I think what us we, we want to do and what we are trying to create is 
um, a platform where we're styling in multiple ways with the designers that were going to be a part of our show this year um, and showcasing um, a basic outfit like a Linga Jolie being transformed into like a skirt and like a normal t-shirt right um, th things like that I, I I'm guessing that is that is that kind of answering the question right yeah no that, that does answer right and I think it essentially speaks to there's a likelihood that there's going to be virtual opportunities to still go and browse uh, different types of styles, different fashion that's coming out uh, to get some inspiration. And that kind of that, uh, reminds me of another question was, I know that South Asian Fashion Week for 2020 got postponed. There's no, at least I'm not aware of, of another date for that uh, 2020 South Asian Fashion Week. Is, is, is your team entertaining any sort of virtual alternatives, not necessarily an alternative to South Asian Fashion Week, but literally some virtual avenue for for people to come and actually look at fashion, observe it, you know, since they can't physically go to the stores. Yeah, um, I've been actually like, as the creative end of um, South Asian Fashion Week, I'm always um, looking into new ideas. And I remember calling the founders, Farah and Cindy, um, and I was just like, hey, like, we need to showcase some sort of virtual experience. like." you know, this is the new, this is a new way. Funny for those, like if for us as like some, someone that's been in the marketing industry for a while now, um, it's, it's been a thing for a very long time, to be honest with you. Like a lot of people were converting over to a virtual experience anyways. Um, but it just like happens to be now it's kind of forced upon us because we're kind of stuck at home. Um, when it comes to the virtual experience for South Asian Fashion Week, we're actually like, looking um into a massive project that we will be releasing soon the dates um with the designers that were a part of our 2020 show um unfortunately with everything that's happened and um our show being postponed we don't see it happening anytime soon in 2020 um but we don't believe in just not giving a platform for these designers who have their collections ready to showcase to our viewers. So we will be showcasing a really cool experience through um, our platform, which will be virtually seen for everyone to be inspired and to look into it in a creative outlet than just being in seats um, and being able to create those looks at home with their own closet. So do you have, um... So I, I guess not. That the, uh, what I wanted to mention was a couple episodes ago, uh, we brought on um, Assad. So he, he, his alias is Convict. He is one of the folks behind Decibel, and yes. one of the things they've been doing is like these weekly house parties on Saturdays. And mm -hmm. I actually checked it out like last Saturday, and it was it was pretty popping. Like I had my friends from Edmonton come on. They had the entire families on, and I was like, this is. I would never imagine I'd be doing this and actually enjoying it. And, and people, other people were enjoying that. So kind of going back to what you're saying is it's not just fashion that is going to need to consider virtual alternatives, but consumer markets in general are, are headed that way. It's, it's, you see them trends, you see it on social media. So it makes total sense to have like a virtual avenue for fashion. So going to, I know. Like, I'll go for it. Sorry, I was just gonna say that we're on our screens like all the time. 
So like to have a platform that we use consistently and to be able to just portray our creative energies or like the ideas that we have through music, fashion, um, makeup, um, you know, anything that kind of inspires us or it's, it's kind of like, in a sense, the blessing because we have the ability to at least look into new ideas and new things that we can be inspired by. Whereas like there's other places that you don't even get that type of, you know, opportunity. So in a sense, like this is a really cool way of like kind of coming together as a community. And I've, I've noticed that there's been this really weird, but connected bond by the entire community. Um, ever since COVID has happened, we're like in a, in a very fortunate way where everyone is like there to support, you know, with any ideas or anything that has been put up on, um, uh, out, out there virtually. And I feel like that's been a cool way to just kind of see the community come together. Yeah, I to- totally agree. One of the, um, I want to, and I, I know that South Asian Fashion Week is not associated with the Indian bridal scene. And I was wondering, the work that you do as a, as a stylist and designer, as an individual, is any of that geared towards any of the, of the bridal scene or is it non-bridal fashions that you personally focus on? I was just saying that with my um, clothing line, it's, it was actually, it wasn't geared at all towards um, the Indian culture. I am Punjabi Sikh um, and, you know, a, a typical, I feel like a typical girl that has been up like raised the way I have been raised. Um, there is that very traditional, there's been that traditional aspect of like how how things should be, but I've always been kind of on the edge of things and like, okay, well guys wear suits, the three piece suits, why can't females? So my actual clothing line that I had debuted were, um, a three piece female suit. So I actually had 12 pieces on my runway that um, were powered through some really badass women that walked my ramp. And it was just black suits in different styles. Um, but the way I incorporated the culture was through my mom's jewelry. So anything that my mom had um, and she kept in from the 90s and the 80s, I bought that to life and put that on the girls like earrings, headpieces, and veils. Um, um, to bring like the culture within. Um, and I thought that me being Indian was enough um, to be a, like, you know, that culture of myself being a part of this brand was bringing to life in a certain way. So I didn't really care to like indulge in like Linga Jolie's, um, like so much fabric, so much um, so, like silhouettes that were really flowy that you would see on the runways regardless. Sure. Okay, that, that makes sense. The, the reason I ask is I want to see if you have any insight or input on, you know, how you think in the next few years, how the wedding fashion trends might change in comparison to like the last several years. Do you have any input on that? 110%. I feel like I always talk about this and I can go days and days with this question. <laughs> but um, the entire aspect of uh, east meets west is going to be the new thing it has been the new thing you know um to incorporate denim into um one of your events um as a bride just to go back to that um and wearing like a blouse with like a 
really nice dupatta and wearing like a belt, like just to be comfort. Because I feel like this new generation that's growing up and like how everyone's moving, it's all about comfort. It's not about how how big and heavy things are anymore. It's about comfort. So even when girls are wearing um langacholis, it's 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 about like how light it is or how 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 heavy it might look, but how light it is on my body. Or like, you know, in in other forms for men, it's like their etchkins and like, you know, how they wear their stuff. Like a lot of guys are getting into like getting custom made um birthday that are printed so they can wear it with denims. Um, and I find that really cool. And I feel like um, I've seen it on other races um, a lot. And that to me is so, it's so uplifting to bring that culture um, to other communities and um, have them portray our clothing in such a cool way. Um, and even with other places that are in Asia, um, besides India and Pakistan, uh, which are usually the hub for fashion um, when it comes to like traveling and whatnot, um, even with Dubai, Bangkok, and Shanghai, like I feel like their like signature pieces are being grown up on like the western end of the world, and then that's where the east meets west is kind of becoming the new trend. Yeah, I, I never actually thought about this east west fusion for wedding clothing but i could i can totally envision that I mean, especially with you know the next generation of of people like people that are in the early 20s late teens and 10 years what are they going to be wearing five years what are they going to exactly. be wearing? They, they, they are kind of they are marching to the beat of their own drum essentially and so i could totally see something innovative like that happening if you and I feel uh, like i'll go for it I was going to say, even with the, I think the biggest thing that I've learned in um, the past two years is sustainability. Um, sustainability is such a huge part of our society and like how we're going into that because the education was really never there till the past couple of years. And um, to sell your clothes and um, like on apps or like even Facebook markets for females and ma uh, males and like to reuse pieces. Um, I feel like that, that is the reason why the East meets West is going to be such a huge thing because not every female or male is going to wear whatever they get, like a one piece outfit from that particular person um, that way. They might get something different made at the top or at the bottom. So I, I've noticed this huge trend of like, reusing and that to me is just like such a liberating situation because a lot of people or kids are growing up with the thought process oh like you've got to have something brand new for your wedding you've got to have like this like a lot of people are kind of investing in other things than just fashion and fashion is like a trendy a trendy topic for them where they want to make like old things look cool you know yeah. i'm always in dope like my parents clothes like that's like a new thing for me yeah, I, I agree. I think reusing is definitely something that is seems like it's going to be a, a growing thing. And I, so I, I have a day job. I, I work over at uh, Nordstrom Corporate and like a big thing you know, that we're exploring is like essentially change in consumer behavior and openness to buying secondhand fashion. Mm -hmm. And I can easily see that trans trans. Uh, transitioning over to the Indian wedding market for a number of reasons. One is the next generation of a lot of uh, Indians in North America 
they, I, I anticipate that they will often be making their own living. They might not necessarily have their, their parents to cover the cost of their wedding because as Indians become more assimilated into these North American societies, I think they, their spending patterns, their lifestyles will resemble more and more like whatever mainstream North American uh, lifestyles look like. So mm-hmm. I could see folks saying, you know, I'm not going to spend whatever, $6,000 on my outfit. I'm just going to buy it, use, or maybe I'll rent it for a fraction because you, you're never going to wear it again. And typically, you would never wear it again. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think I think a big thing, so we, so my team did a, a survey because there's a, uh, of, a, of a number of couples of, of who has lost money in wedding vendor deposits and how much they've lost. And we had almost 30 respondents and people are losing on average like twelve to $13,000 in, in vendor deposits. They just, they just aren't able to get back. And I think mm-hmm. this experience for a lot of people is, I think is going to also make people rethink like, is it really worth putting this much money on the line for clothing? If I might not actually get to wear what I want, you know, this year or and whatnot. So yeah, I could see that happening. Um, yeah. And I think the biggest thing that I've noticed with this transition that we're going through is that people are forgetting that they don't need to go and get the extravagant outfit. This can be done. I like, I feel, I feel like everyone forgets the craftsmanship of clothes. Um, you can have the most beautiful fit um, made for yourself through a designer that's creating that everyday look, which you can wear again and again and again, and then potentially sell it off to someone else. And I feel like with this, with South Asian Fashion Week, that's something that we really heavily believe in. It's just like to make sure that you can wear the piece that you buy off of a runway multiple ways. And it's not something that's just like, at the back of your closet and you're just kind of stressing about like, why did I buy this? Why is it this, why is this so expensive? Where am I going to wear this again? Right. And kind of like, like, I feel like a lot of brides do struggle with that. And a lot of like everyday humans struggle with, we, I feel like we have all done that. We've all been there. We buy something so expensive. We're just like, where am I going to, I don't want to wear this. It's too nice. Like I need that <laughs> perfect day to wear it. Right. Exactly. Totally agree. Another one topic, another topic that is I've seen as a common debate back when people could travel was should I get my clothing from India or should I get it from Canada? And there's pros and cons to doing any of those. Like it ultimately comes down, in my opinion, to the person's preference and what their priorities are, because that will influence what what you should or shouldn't get from either of those places. I wanted to get your input, you know, from um, in terms of shopping and fashion, like what are your thoughts on going to India to do that versus just staying local and, and staying in, let's say, BC? I am such a huge advocate for local designers. I know how much time and energy goes into the local designers, um, brands being built that the way they have been. Um, I've seen it from the marketing aspect of it as a stylist as well. Um, but to be honest with you, like, with South Asian Fashion Week, we are so, so, <laughs> we have way too much fun traveling. Like both of, uh, like all three uh, founders, they travel to find the right 
designer to come to our platforms and you know um to be able to relate to these designers so for me i go back and forth to india a lot so for for myself it's a huge thing because i have this connection with the country right um but there's a lot of people that you know just do it because they want to experience what their hometown looks like um or where their parents have been raised and like experience the uh, fabrics um like there's just the, the experience you get there you will never get here we can try as much as we want it just wouldn't it's not it's never going to be the same and that's just like the cold heart truth right and right. um and just be like with here we're always limited you know there's always that middleman before we get to the actual manufacturer there you see like you know the kaidars like you know make the form of outfits that you want so when it comes to like actually making that decision i personally feel like it's if you have the if you want that experience and you believe in true um i guess like you've had this like particular look and you know what you want and you believe in the true craftsmanship and you want to actually be a part of that journey and you care for fashion in that end i personally would be there i would go and travel but when it comes to finances and um you know looking into the local designers and what we have in our community um i sometimes feel like a lot of brides just do it just because it's a norm now like you know people just go there because it's so much cheaper it's not cheaper it's actually a lot more expensive because you're getting the pure fabrics you're getting you know um you're making trips back and forth to the bazaars and you're spending so much time indulging in like this one or two or three outfits whereas here there's that ability to go to the someone that you trust and you build this relationship with and they're going to bring the best piece to like you know the forefront and like i feel like some great designers that are local are people like well groom market clothing um kamosu you know these are uprising brands and they bring what's like what you want in your image and like for someone that works the 9 to 5 and i feel like you can relate to this sometimes you don't have the time to like take time off of work or just go and sit there and go like hey this is the color that i want no this is the fabric that i want this is the thread that i want sometimes you want to just have the designer kind of pick it out for you because we're all indecisive it doesn't matter if you're a bride or a groom in general life we're all indecisive when it comes to what we want for that particular day yeah i i, I agree with that it's funny um i had a in the last episode we had a um i don't want to call her a makeup artist because that's not what she is but she yeah. is a successful um like a beauty expert I'll call it because she actually has a school that she teaches how to, about makeup artistry and she has a couple physical stores throughout like the greater Toronto area so yeah. I was mentioning to her you know do you, I was asking her does she just make recommendations on what brides want or do these brides typically come with a vision of what they want because I was giving her an example of me when I want a haircut and I'm not by any means trying to say that my haircut and uh, a bride's makeup are the same thing but uh, my barber will ask me how do I want my sideburns and I'll just say look you do this all the time I trust you to just do what you think is the right the normal thing right now I don't want to keep track of, of hair fashion and have to tell you this yeah no it's it's a huge I feel like it's honestly preference I think you said it the best it's it comes to what you want you what you want to do and what your what you want your experience to be I am such a controlling freak when it comes to um fashion like 
I I live and breathe it. I would have a, such a hard time having someone just like make my piece. But at the same time, if I trusted this designer or was creating my sketch, I would be like, oh my God, yes. Like you do my piece. I don't have to stress about this. But there's, it's just like what you, it's honestly, it's like the experience that you are trying to create for yourself. And that's up to you and your lifestyle that you're living right um mm-hmm. since i'm indulged in this industry i would have such a hard time letting go i would be like nope not happening <laughs> that yeah that makes total sense uh yeah what are the because one of the common arguments i see for going to india is is the the cost right but then yeah. even that can be argued against like you mentioned you like you mentioned how the cost is not necessarily that's not necessarily what the savings are but Mm-hmm. then there are people that actually want to go for the experience like they make it into a trip and I do think that has somewhat become the norm as well and, I, and, and that then goes back to what you were talking about about getting the full experience of going there going to India you know going to the bazaar getting fitted feeling the fabrics and all that and actually um, you know I probably not I probably I definitely would not make a trip personally over overseas uh, to, yeah. to go shopping it's just not in in it's not my preference, but I will say that I, I, I did go to India for a wedding. I did get fitted for a suit and all that, and uh, like a Sherwani and all that. And it was, it was really awesome. It was an awesome experience, but I wouldn't do, I was there for another friend's wedding. I wouldn't go there in preparation for my own wedding personally, but yeah, it takes, I feel like it takes a lot of energy and time. Like I know a lot of females that go and travel that far, but they don't take their grooms because the grooms are just like, we don't care. Like, you know, just Whatever you pick, it will work for us. But then there's always there's also the vice and there, there's vice versa. But I feel like a lot. Of, I think feel like the arguments usually start with like, but the community has what you need in you know the other country. It truly does. But I think it all just comes to like the preference and the experience. And if you have a lot of like, if you put aside a budget to just travel to India and just like or any country that you're trying to go to in Asia, um, just to get like you know your wedding accessories and whatnot. Um, I just, I, I just don't believe in the whole, like, it's cheaper. Yeah, you'll get, like, a lot for, like, whatever it is, but you're also paying so much to get there as well. It's like, you know, it's two grand to just get a ticket to, like, India, you know? Right. That could be something that you put towards your outfit. And a lot of females do do that. They, they invest in putting that, you know, money or whatever it is towards that outfit instead, you know? And that's, it's, again, it's, like, it's, like I said, I can go on and on about this. It's all about like who you are as a human and what you want to experience at the end of the day. Yeah, I agree. I'm kind of seeing it as, do you want the experience of going to India, the shopping experience, or do you, would you rather just stay local and you have somebody else, like a designer here local, curate mm. the design for you? And they, they do all that work up front and you just buy it, you know? So that seems like ultimately what the trade-off is. It's... Yeah. Um, it's, it's funny, you mentioned about grooms, so I get the sense that grooms are generally a lot, they seem less involved in the brides when it comes to the fashion aspect of the wedding day, or we'll call it the wedding week, but uh, I think it was like episode four, I don't remember, I had a guy come on, and he has, a, he has his own little um, outfit called Maharaja Turbans and Swords, and yeah. this guy, uh, he knows, I think, I don't want to misquote him. He knows how, no, he knows how to tie more than a dozen uh, styles of turbans from like all over India. And he actually was in Rajasthan a while back. And he basically had professionals teach him how to do all these styles of, of turban ties. 
So he That's does, cool. like, yeah, it's super cool. He does various styles. It's very custom. He also does like um, destination turbines. So he, I don't know how he does it, but he has a way where he can pre-tie the turbine and it, it can be transported for a destination wedding. And then he also, um, he makes uh, wedding swords. So he makes wedding swords and he sells them and he ma- makes them on his own. So he takes like European swords and essentially yeah. adds the necessary adornments and all that. And they look like legit, like, wedding swords is pretty awesome so who knows if the involvement in the groom with the grooms will change not change or not in the future but i do see that there's you know at least one or two uh, vendors out there that are trying to kind of tap into that uh, groom market so i think for me like i i i love like when it comes to styling i have this like i love styling men i feel like a they're really easy to style you know you can just pick on their personality and go like, you know what, this is what they like. This is what we're going to put them in. You'll give them two options. They won't be indecisive. They'll just pick one, whatever they feel like <laughs> in and they feel comfortable. And that's one thing I will always give my men like clients. I feel like they're just so much easier to work with in that end of like picking and choosing. Whereas yeah, females we do like, I, I'm personally, I'm one of them. Like, you know, it's undecisive. Like, Oh my God, I have so many options. Okay, fine. Maybe I can change it to a second look. Like, yeah that's definitely there there's men that actually do want to have more of a role or like they want to pick you know colors or whatever it is but they don't they're not educated on it because our community or society we don't do that you know like if a guy is in fashion industry yeah it's great but they usually are focused on the female end of clients Right. right. Um, or they're usually targeting the female, uh, females to make the decision. I personally, like whenever I've worked with, like I've had a couple of clients where there's, um, you know, bride, bride and a groom and, you know, they're trying to do like their, um, and like, you know, pre-shoots before their wedding and whatnot. And I've, I'm not joking. Like I will, def- I, I will take the question and put it towards the guy so he can make the decision. And he, he has opinions. He's like, well, I kind of care about the aesthetics. You know, I kind of want our outfits to be bland. I don't really care for our outfits to be so like out there. And then the female's just like, oh my God, I didn't think about that either. Yeah, we can have so much around us and we can just be so casual. And it's just like, you know, dudes do have ideas. And I feel like guys actually have like bolder ideas sometimes because they don't, they, they kind of see the world in a different way. And females see the world in detail formed, um, most of the time when it comes to their special day and they kind of look at the bigger picture they're like oh but like imagine just having this entire setup right and the girl was just like yeah oh my god I didn't think about that at all and she's like yeah okay you know scratch that I'm not gonna go buy that $300 dress and he's just like yeah you know that was easy <laughs> just like, you know, getting in getting both of them into like white outfits and they're just like you know casual but then again it's like both ways it honestly just depends on who you are what you like you know what like at the end of the day it's just that person that you're working with or wherever you are it's their choice for customer service to be like brilliant for for them to ask both humans like what they like they can't just be asking the one particular person although they might be wearing the pants like just ask both because opinions both ends kind of matter and that's what makes some of the most beautiful events come to life Agree, agree. Uh, we're about just about on, up on time. I did have one last question before we wrap up. Yes. So, so we, um, so we actually on Instagram just 
posted to see if anybody had some questions. And uh, the common question we had that came up was, where, where are some good places for people to essentially get some fashion inspiration? I know it seems like the most common one is Instagram, but do you have any, like, where, any websites or Instagram accounts or social media accounts that you recommend for just browsing and getting fashion inspo? Yeah, of course. I think for myself to like answer this question in the best form is Pinterest. Um, instead of like kind of giving you names of like brands or people to kind of follow, um, with South Asia Fashion Week, we will be um, putting out like our own Pinterest boards to like throw some inspiration at like everyone um, to be inspired from. Because inspiration doesn't come from just colors and fabric, it comes from a right um it could be like a room or whatever it is it could be um flowers um you know the way things are set up and i feel like pinterest is the best form of like inspiration and you can always find something there that you know kind of relates to your idea and you can make your own own mood boards right you can pin and save um but when it comes to like social media instagram is like the place to be um we've got some great local stylists that are you know trending right now but like i'm gonna like give you guys give you names that you know a lot of people were kind of looking forward to when it came to our platform um and our um i guess the actual fashion show that was gonna happen uh but we've got like models you know i feel like the one of the best places to kind of see inspiration is models because they are creative like they will get out of their box and try new things um and i feel like this name is probably thrown out there all the time um kim kardashian just recently posted this photo on her feed where she had like a thicka and like a bindi on um, she probably doesn't even know, yeah she probably doesn't even know where that comes from but it's it's just the fact that you know it's an inspiration she did the east meets west type of um idea right and um i thought it was really cool and i think one of the other places that I personally am always inspired by is market clothing. It's, um, it's less, it's like they have this like slogan that they go by. It's like less is less is more. And I personally just love that. Um, Como Sud, um, it, they're great. Like they're, it's one girl that owns the brand, but there's two sisters. Um, one has a jewelry line and the other one is, uh, has a clothing line but they do custom wear they've got like their pieces in onto like some really really cool um bollywood stars uh, recently and i thought that was insane um i think other than that like there's so many local designers that you should be looking into when it comes to inspiration and like what they've done and what they are creating but personally it's like fashion weeks like i personally am on new york fashion week consistently love me fashion week always looking at their stuff um i feel like that's where it kind of indulged it, it all in my like i guess passion for fashion it comes from um i think the last two would be gummel i think that's her name i'm just like trying to like see if i did it right i think it's como so she's like a stylist from india um and her name is Komo Bande official on Instagram and I like huge huge advocate for like if I could be her brand ambassador I would totally do it um she makes the most um unnecessary pieces into the most necessary pieces to have in your closet um she makes the most out of like 
the one shirt that you can wear multiple ways. And she's a huge public figure um, when it comes to fashion and like just fashion therapy. Um, I'm always looking at her pieces and like the video she's posting. Um, and then perceive you like my own brand. Like why not just kind of put that in there, right? Um, yeah, well, what, what, what I kind of do something different. Sorry. It's called perceive you. Perceive you. How do you spell that? So it's P. Uh-huh. E R. R. C E I V E. And then. E I V. Okay. And then U Y O U. Okay, got it. Okay, got it. Yeah. I just want to make sure I get these right because I'm going to drop these in the description of the podcast episode. Cool. Um, yeah, Perceive is really different. It's completely um, different than what you would see, like, uh, on most, like, Indian or um, South Asian um, brands kind of put out there. Um, it's all very westernized, but it has, um, like, a really different flavor when it comes to how you can wear blazers and, like, pantsuits you know um yeah but there's there's multiple um brands out there even like rebel ronnie's that's a great brand they're from san francisco they do blogs all the time about like how to wear pieces in multiple ways that could be in your closet like asadi and pants like sounds weird but it looks great awesome awesome those are those recommendations were very uh, appreciated and i'm sure the listeners will find it useful something to browse around while they're at home and uh, hopefully get some inspiration yes awesome well thank you for coming on i appreciate your time and um if you have any questions about this just you can send me a dm afterwards but uh yeah that's it yeah thanks for having me on um but yeah thanks for like kind of reaching out this is really cool and i wish you like the best of luck with us this is going to be insane i think so too thank you thank you no problem all right I'll send you the recording shortly. Okay, sounds good. Bye.